Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray that the good work that God has begun in your lives will be completed in the mighty name of Jesus. We will see the travail of our souls and we will rejoice and be glad in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you welcome someone to church this afternoon? I just say you're welcome. You know, if you're alone, you can just, you know, just welcome yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. So we are going to be looking at the mix part two today. The mix. The mix part two. How many people remember what we spoke about last week? What was the mix we spoke about last week? What mix did we speak about last week? Word plus faith, you know. Can someone try to just think of what we want to talk about today? Can someone guess? I'll give you one minute. You can go on the chat group. If anybody gets it, personally from my pocket, I'm going to give you $200. I'm not giving you clues. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to quickly go into the chat room now and just see if there's anything. If anybody gets it right. Okay, I'm on YouTube now. Let me see. Just think. I said mix. So, let me, okay, let me give you a clue. It's going to be something plus something. <laughs> something plus something. Someone said, work, love and works. Eh? Grace and love? No. <laughs> My son, Morris says, honesty and trust. No. <laughs> love and faith. Faith and works. No. Prayer and fasting. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's UK. Prayer and fasting. Toyo says, prayer and fasting too. Devola says love and action. No. Uh-uh. Someone people are saying love and action. Paul Aja, you love and action. Oh, Valentine's Day. Okay. <laughs> love and action. Okay. Okay, Tayo says love and forgiveness. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm not giving you any clues. You now take my money. No. The Spirit of God must direct you to that money. <laughs> you can't get it. I'm not giving you anything. Okay, you know what? Let me give you, I'm going to give you the first two letters, but I'm reducing the money. You guys have failed the first part. So I'm reducing it to $100. You faced it. I gave you an option now. I gave you, I tried. Peace and long suffering. No, if I lower, no. You tried. Bukola Poveni, works and deeds, no. And love plus service, no. UK, you tried again. Prayer and praise, no. <laughs> Patience and faith. Okay, wait, now let me give you a clue. Let me give you a clue now. Let's try something. It's P plus E. P, P plus E. P, the thing starts with P plus E. I'm not telling you. Why will I tell you? If I tell you, I'm giving you the thing now. P plus E. Patience and endurance. Who is that? No? If you look at it, I said it's P plus E. What's patience? Uh-uh. See people, peace and expectation. <laughs> 
Peace and endurance, no. Patience and endurance, no. Uh-uh. Paul, you're in the prayer and evangelism. <laughs> ah, God help us. Prayer and endurance, no. Prayer and expectations, no. You guys, see, I've given you a clue already. I've given you a clue. Can I now go on? We need to go on to our teaching. I've tried. I've given you the opportunity. Uh-uh. up Ask more. Ask more. Prayer and expectation, no. Uh, patience and excellence, more, no. Power and encouragement, no. Persistence and endurance, that's so you know. If you are peace plus encouragement, don't be copying what these people are just repeating yourselves. <laughs> They're really trying. Ah! Okay, are we ready? Do you give up? P and E, like, don't that P and E, they have to go hand in hand. No? Okay, I'm reducing it to $50 now. You see how you people are losing? I'm reducing it to $50. <laughs> Toby wrote P, P plus E. <laughs> no. Toby, is that what are you trying to do? Uh-uh. If I die, your performance and evaluation. <laughs> oh. It's been, it, that must be Shino. It's Shino that wrote that. Okay. HR. Face and exhortation, no. Okay, I'm going to give you one more. One more clue, then we're going to our teaching. You guys are taking my time. This is five minutes. No. I can't have this. Praise and expectations, no. Passion and excellence, no. How does passion go with excellence? <laughs> Mori has changed it. Mori has changed it from. Mori has changed it from peace and encouragement to peace and encourage. <laughs> Okay, now let me give you a clue. One last clue, then we move on. The peace. Fair and endurance, no? The peace. Eh, sorry, it's not peace. So the P is a four-letter word. The P is a four-letter word. <laughs> the P is a four-letter word. P is a four-letter word. Someone wrote Paul. Ah, you think I'll say Paul and Enoch? <laughs> no, no. I can't tell you what it is. Just tell me the two things. No? Hola. Okay, no? $20 now. <laughs> okay, let's leave it at $50. Wait, oh. The second word is nine nine letters. No? No. No. You know what? By the time I stop giving you... Eh? No. It's closed. What? No. Oh, yeah, wait. I'm stopping now. I'm stopping now. You guys, you're giving up. Wait, let me, now, let me, tell, you, let me tell you what it is. Let me now. Let me give you what the E is. Then you guys have to get the P. Uh-uh. You guys are, you are sharp people. Should I tell you the E? Are you ready? Uh, but you know, I've finished the money. The money is no more available. The money is no more available now. It has ended. No? But you have execution rights. So what is the P? No? It's too late. Plan and execution. God bless you. Hey, but it was too late. I've cancelled it. No? 
Hallelujah. But you know, why did you guys think of plan in all these things? Plan. Yeah, only. But, plan, but people were saying other things. Now, someone said promotion. <laughs> Hallelujah. Plan and execution. Plan and execution. And you guys know that when I tell you I will do this thing, I do them all. So be prepared next time. Next time, maybe $500 I want to give. And don't worry, I'll give you something simpler. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you, while you were doing this, say the truth. How many of you, while you were playing, were saying, Holy Spirit, tell me what it is? Tell me what it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Sister Buki, you didn't get, you are saying this plan after we have said it. This is long after. <laughs> this is long after you are not saying you got it. <laughs> God bless you all in Jesus' name. You know, but basically what God is saying is plan plus execution. Plan. And you know, the, the, the awesome thing is it's a clear, clear, you know, um, what would I call it? It's, it's like moving to the next level from what we thought last week. What we spoke about last week was what? Faith and what? Not faith. Um, what did we talk about? Word plus faith. So word for plus faith. So you hear the word, then you apply your faith. You believe what the word says. What comes next? Plan and execution. For, do you know the thing is, when the Holy Spirit gave me this thing to minister today, I did not even look at the correlation. Like I had finished writing the notes, getting everything down, sitting with God. It was this morning that it occurred to me that really, the next thing after... What and faith is actually plan and execution. So it, 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 it's, I mean, that, that brings something clear to me. It means there has been a shift in our lives. It means what we heard last week, God has begun to work in our hearts. And God is ready to take us to the next level. Now, this next level is plan and execution. And now, you know, have you ever met people in their lives? Or I, don't, I don't know if anyone has experienced it before. Where God lays something in your heart. You hear the word of God. You want to do the thing. And then you begin to plan. Then the challenge is execution. Do I have a witness? Has anyone had that kind of thing before where you've planned for something, but you have been unable to execute that thing? Let's go back to, let's, let's do the flip side. Has anyone had a case where <laughs> they had those kind of words and they just executed right away and they entered trouble? <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? So we have most times for people, for, especially for believers, we they have, it's very rare to see people that understand the two. Any believer that can get the concept of planning and execution will be a high flyer. Take it. If you check your life well, one of these two things is your strength. It's either you're a planner or you know how to execute. The moment you can match the both of them as a believer. So you hear the word of God, faith comes and you're like, wow, this is, this is awesome. Now let me ask you a question quickly. The woman with the issue of blood, you know she exhibited planning and, ex ex um, and execution. How? Hmm? But you know, also, there was word and faith involved in her case. This was not even part of my notes. Word and faith was, because she heard about Jesus somewhere. She must have heard of Jesus. How did she know to go and meet him, to touch the arm of his garment? She has heard the word about him. She believed he could heal her. What's the next thing? How do I get to where Jesus is? So what she did was maybe travel from wherever she was. I don't know how long. Went to, she didn't know what it means. She has to be following. The place is not a small place. Now, it's a big place. So she had to 
maybe research and say, where would Jesus be at this time? Or where is he now? Travel to the place. Or she had heard he's coming to their town, made herself available. She now stayed at the back, now saw a lot of people around him. Now says, what will I do if only I can touch the hem of his garment? Let me ask you a question. If she said, if only I can touch the hem of his garment and stay there, what will have happened? And Jesus went. And she's in her mind. She said, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And Jesus left the town. Will we have heard about her today? So what did she do? She went in the middle. She said, okay, how will I get to him? I have to go in the middle of everybody. She would have thought, if they catch me if I get to him, I'm in trouble. Because I've made everybody unclean. And that means everybody that I thought should go into the house for seven days, according to the law. I'm, I should be stoned to death. So she would have looked at where the options. I said, let me go for it. And she executed. But now, what if she didn't plan and she only executed? You know what that can mean? She won't think of it in her. She would just go to Jesus and slap him. <laughs> Or just go to Jesus and hold his shirt. Give me my healing. Nothing may have flowed. A lot of us, the challenge with us is, you hear the word of God, it mixes with faith in you. You start planning, but the challenge is, you don't know how to get there. You are not ready to take any move, to take any step. For some other people, guess what their challenge is? They hear the word of God, it mixes with faith, <laughs> and they just jump into the pool, into the stream. Imagine someone that cannot swim. You hear the word of God dying. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you go in front of a seven or eight foot deep swimming pool. I can do all things. You don't know how to swim. And you jump into the pool. Because maybe that's part of your exercise regime. You want to start losing weight or whatever. What will happen? You will drown majestically. And if there's nobody around to help you, you're in trouble. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the thing is, which one of them are we? God is saying today, you need to plan and you need to execute. And I pray in the name of Jesus that even as we go through the teachings of today, that God will open our hearts to receive from him. In the name of Jesus. There's a guy, I don't know who that guy is. His name is um, Maurice Chan. He's a Taiwanese. He's, he's one of the big industrialists in Taiwan. And there's a quote, there's something the guy said that is so profound. I mean, it sounds so easy, so simple, but please think of the words again. Think of the words. Don't just, let, you have to chew them a little more. It sounds very easy, simple, but understand it. Now, what the guy says is this. We are, going to, we are changing plan to strategy. Plan and strategy are the same thing. So he says, without strategy, execution is aimless. Without strategy, Execution is aimless. And he now says, without execution, strategy is useless. <laughs> you see the two words he used there. Without strategy, execution is what? Aimless. Without execution, strategy is useless. So you've made all the plans in the world. You've planned, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I, I know of a case of someone that was planning. He wanted to go into retail, um, African retail. He wanted to go into opening an African retail store. So he started planning. You know, he will have done graphs, Excel sheets. Started doing things, doing things. Was waiting. He had seen a place. said, ah, I will go and get this place. He included it in his plan. While his plan was going on, another person just went to get the place and set up the store. It's the same as, how many of, I don't know how many of us have heard about uh, Pastor Femi talk about the brother, Ludo brother. You know the Ludo brother? This brother... Loves this sister so much. If there's any brother in God's favorite house that is a Ludo brother, 
You listen to what I say today, God will deliver you in Jesus' name. You can't be in this place and be a little brother. Do you know who the little brother is? This brother loves this sister so much. And, you know, he loves her like if God has told him this is your wife. And the sister also liked him. But guess what you used to do? Anytime he goes to sister's house, he will go and play Ludo. From morning till night, Ludo. He won't say anything like, sister, like, how are you doing? Let's go out for Ludo. No, like, he won't show that he has interest. Not a guy used to be, he will go and be playing Ludo. Her sister will see you tomorrow. We'll play Ludo tomorrow. He'll go to the house. Next day, we'll bring the Ludo. Let's play Ludo. They'll play Ludo. He kept playing Ludo in this sister's house till another brother came and said, talking to the sister and proposed to the sister. When the brother now proposed, they were not like, ah, but I loved him. But he did not see anything. He was always playing Ludo. So brother's plan was, let's use Ludo to get close to sister, but he couldn't execute. I pray in the name of Jesus, everything that holds you back, I don't know which of these spectrums you are in, God will help you bring it together. You will understand the power of execution in the name of Jesus. So for those that plan without executing, the challenge they have most of the time is they are unable to take the step. That's just the problem. So they've, they've put everything in motion, but actually actualizing it is the problem. And guess what? They are never able to take the first step. We'll go more into that. But for some other people, their problem is they execute before they don't even plan, they just execute straight. There's a scripture for those ones. It's in Proverbs 21 verse 5. It says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance and advantage. But everyone who acts in haste comes surely to poverty. Take note of these scriptures. Everyone who acts in haste comes surely to poverty. I pray in the name of Jesus that the Spirit of God will breathe upon you that you will understand how to balance it. I've seen people take this scripture to two different spectrums. Some people, because of this scripture, don't act at all. I like, I don't go too far. You have to take your time. Some other people act too fast. But what do you do? How do you enter the fullness of what God has for you as a believer? How do you plan and execute? That's what we're going to be looking at today, and I pray that God will help us in the name of Jesus. A lot of times when we want to make plans, you need to understand that there is a part of God that there, and there is a part of man. God is the one that will reveal to you and tell you, okay, this is the plan you should make. This is what you should do. Your part is to take the steps. God doesn't come to take steps for us as believers. Do you understand what I'm saying? God has said, you have, you've prayed to God and God is leading you that this is the kind of career you should go into. You are the one that will prepare your CV and send it out. You are the one that will do a research. God is saying, do this kind of product. It is your job to do the research, not God's job. Now, what I've seen people do is, some people have first either thrown God out of the planning phase and everything, and they do everything themselves. They fail. Some other people, they go to God, but where they should do by themselves, they don't do. So it's all about prayer, prayer, prayer. And God is saying, I've shown you, go do it. God will help us strike a balance to these things. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, as I was telling there was something the Spirit of God revealed to me yesterday. You know, and it was so amazing because I never knew there was a difference. And there are so many things that make people unable to execute. So many things. But I'm going to be talking about just two today because I believe we've heard, you must have gone for trainings, you must have read books about execution. These two things I want to talk about are very similar, but they are different. The fear 
of failure. Number one. Number two, the fear of the unknown. Listen, number one is the fear of failure. Number two is the fear of the unknown. Now, both of them can intermingle from time to time, but let me try and give you perspective on what they are. Let me give you a classical case of the fear of failure. Gideon. Gideon. The Bible says in Judges chapter 7, verse 7, it says, The Lord told Gideon, With these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. How many people was Gideon going to fight again? He was going to fight against about 135,000 warriors. Not men and children. Warriors. 135,000. So imagine Gideon. I mean, but thank God we know the story. He went ahead because God has shown him signs and all that. But my point is, look at it that it is you. God is saying 300 men. You are going to fight 135,000 people. So you know the statistics. That's where the fear of failure comes in. Because you've seen it. It's clear to you. You've seen the indices that, hmm, <laughs> it, it doesn't look like I can succeed in this thing. That's why the, So a lot of people, when they see they're like, oh, who am I? How can I do this? I'm not doing it. And they step back. And they just stare at the planning phase. What's the fear of the unknown? The fear of the unknown is when you don't even know what is at the other side. How many of you know that I was a pastor? You know, I was so intrigued to find out. How many of us have gone to maybe en route or you've gone to the mall and in the ladies' bathroom, very most likely in the ladies' bathroom, you see these changing tables for children that goes on the wall. How many of us know what I'm talking about? The changing pads that you see in the public bathrooms. How many of you know it was the pastor that invented it? Yeah. I can't remember Tim Bott or something. I read, I read about him yesterday. He said the Spirit of God gave him the idea. He was talking about planning and execution. He said, when the Spirit of God gave it to him, he conceived it, he started planning out with this, what will we do? And he has those things all over the world. Now, he's the one that started it. So he was speaking about the planning phase and the execution phase. A lot of times people stay at the planning phase, they don't do anything. There are questions, some people, it's just a letter you need to send. Some people, your next step is go to the bank. Some people, your next step, there's this idea God has given you. It looks like you cannot even do anything about it. Your next step might be go to the bank and just ask questions. Some, some people, your next step is just go talk to someone that knows about it. Some people, your next step is send an email. A lot of times, we as believers plan, but we don't take action. Planning is, you see, oh, as a couple, darling, I feel God is saying this year, we are going to have our own house. What is execution? Take the first step and start looking at houses. How many of us have, how many of you have gone to open house of a house you know you can't buy? And let me see. <laughs> you never, what, what, what? You need to be going for those kind of open houses. I know when I started going for open house of houses of $1.2 million. As I enter, I went out strong, but in my mind, <laughs> I know it's not your time. Because when you enter, you see, you know, you see some strong men, they're always tiny in stature. They will come with jeans and shorts, and they'll be short, and they'll just be going, hmm, nice, how much? And you, you are there, and you know that this one, they will outbid you. <laughs> so, but open your mind. God is saying, have you taken a step to even go and look at what the process is? God is saying, this is the next thing I have for you. What have you done about it? You've been planning, doing Excel sheets, doing vision board. What is the next step? God will help us in the name of Jesus. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that with this word we hear today, we'll begin to take action. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know why a lot of people fear failure? And funny enough, as believers, you should not be afraid of failure. 
Failure is meant to be experienced for you. Did God tell you that you never fail in business? Who has never failed before? Who has never failed an exam? Who has never tried something and it just didn't work out? You planned that I'm going to leave my house to go and kill for fuel during first scarcities. People may not understand. And you go there for money tonight and you didn't get the fuel. You planned and you failed. Guess what will happen to you? You've learned. Next time you try and use other methods to get it. But will you die? No. See, I've learned something about failure. The kind of experience failure gives you. Especially when you're in Christ. The Bible says all things work together for good. Why is it as believers, most times we look at situations and we're like, ah, what if I fail? Why don't you think, what if I win? For a long time, God has taught me to change my perspective. I don't look at the, what if I fail? I look at what if I win. And God has been faithful. I see an opportunity, I'm like, God, do I do this? And I feel the spirit saying, do it. I say, wow, if I can win this, this would be awesome. But you guys, the truth, if I fail, I'm in trouble. Do you know the risk it is to drop money to buy a house when you don't have a job yet? You can lose your deposit. For a lot of people, the fear of failure, if they don't have it figured out, they don't do it. But as a believer, what do you do? You execute. You say, you know what? I trust that God will provide. It's not just by mouth saying God will provide. What's planning and execution? You go drop. That's execution. You drop the deposit and let God be faithful. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Planning and execution. A lot of times, let me give you another example of the fear of the unknown. So for those that may not know, imagine that when the children of Israel despised, top spies, when they went to spy out the Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey, imagine they couldn't enter. They were just outside the thick walls and they were hearing the roars of the giants. Ugh. So guess what? They, they can't see, but they are hearing things. They are looking at the wall. They are like, there is trouble inside. For a lot of us, that's a challenge. Nobody has ventured into that thing before. And you're like, see, for those that are into products, so, I'm sorry for those that are not, that don't understand what I'm going to say now. But those that are into products, we understand. Have you ever researched the product before that you can't see any ranking? So meaning, you don't have any indices to know if the product is profitable or not. So, you are taking a gamble, kind of. Because there's nothing to show you that this thing sells very well. So, you are not going to import the thing and bring it. How do you know where to sell? Fear of the unknown. Unknown is when you don't know, like, you have no idea what can happen. Failure is, you, you, you've seen it, you're likely to fail. Unknown is you don't even know what is going to happen. God releases ideas to his children. In this season, God is still releasing ideas. God will release those ideas into your heart. If you do not do anything about it, other people will get the inspiration. God is not limited by vessels. Though. God has more than enough vessels to use. So if God drops something in your heart and you do nothing about it, he, will, he has enough vessels to use. Why? There are lives that depend on you agreeing or yielding to God's leading. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are destinies that are attached to it. When God, why do you think that God gets angry at the basic? You know, look at what Moses did. Instead of speaking the rock, he struck it. And God got angry. Are you getting what I'm saying? So God is saying, go do this thing that seems very simple and basic. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. And in your mind, this is such a smart thing that God should not be angry. But God, do you know why God gets upset with those? Because he has planned and designed something. So he has said, when you do this thing, God is the plan now. That's, so that's why we sing that song in church. Extraordinary strategies. Do you know what I mean of that? God strategizes. So God has, look at children of Israel. 
He put them in slavery for how many years so that the world will know. Because he had planned it that by the time he delivered, he now, apart from putting them in slavery, he empowered the Egyptians. He made them the world economy. He made them the strongest. So he was putting his children in bondage and empowering their enemies over them. Why? So that when he delivers them, the whole world will hear about him at once. Now what happened? When he delivered them, remember when the spies went to meet Rehab? What did Rehab say? Rehab said, we are afraid of your God. That God that delivered you from the Egyptians. Imagine that planner. Imagine that level of planning. God. So sometimes things don't go palatable in your life or in the environment or in the country. We are angry. God is planning. Plan. You think if God will not allow COVID, think of COVID the rain. God is the extraordinary strategist. I'm telling you. God is a planner. So God has told you to take this step in your mind. You're like, oh, what is such a smart? I'm not doing. Meanwhile, God had already planned that when you do that thing, he's going to breathe on it. You are going to help other people. Someone is meant to come to Canada. Through you, that person is going to be linked to this person. From that person, that person will meet Christ. From that, that person will be the next Elijah. Or be the next Billy Graham in Canada. Then you say, oh, no, I'm not doing. And God is saying, what is that? So you are looking at the small picture at yourself. God is looking at the big picture that you've just spot the domino. So God has to go look for another vessel to use to do it. May God help us in the name of Jesus. See, there's nothing as important as being aligned to God. And when you're aligned to God, there's nothing as important as following his leading. Follow like a fool. Let everybody say you are mad. Think about what happened with Noah. Some, it has never rained before. The Bible says that when the earth wants to be watered then, water is to come from under the ground to the top. Do you understand that? In those days, before, Noah, before the ark was, was built, water, when God wants to water the vegetation, water will come from the ground and water the vegetation and go back. Then somebody is building an ark. <laughs> but through that guy, God started the generation of the world. So we are all connected through Noah, not even necessarily through Adam. Yes, through Adam, yes, because Noah too came from Adam. Do you understand what I'm saying? Through Noah, God started the earth again. <sighs> Imagine Noah said, God, what, how can I build an ark in this thing? You know how many people have made fun of Noah? Do you know how many people have said you are mad? Like, what kind of silly thing is this? What are you doing? Wasting your time. How will the family even have been? May God give us cooperative spouses, cooperative children, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I mean, this is so packed. God, has, I, I must end it today, so I'm going to quickly run into just finishing the remaining parts of it, and we'll pray. I'm going to give you a few biblical nuggets for planning and execution. These scriptures are going to help you. I broke them into five. They're going to help you by the grace of God. Please meditate on them. Go back to study them and build your faith on them. There's no, see, I've tried, I'm trying daily to build the faith of everyone here. I'm trying to build the faith of every listener, of every member of God's favorite house, Canada. But there is so much I can do if you are not ready to build your faith. There is so much I can do. But I'm happy with the response so far. I've seen people take leaps of faith that have changed their lives. I've seen people trust God for growing their work with God because they believe God more. I've seen people believe God for healing and they have received it. But listen, my brothers and my sisters, you need to understand the concept of word plus faith. And after word plus faith, you must understand planning and execution. It's important. So the first scripture or the first nugget I'm going to give you is number one. Involve God in your plans. That's where the challenge comes for a lot of us. 
So you want, you are smart, you are brilliant. There is a lot of data online. Where is God in all of this? To you, it sounds uh, what a pastor, but I mean, you know how easy it is to ignore God. Let's say the truth. Let me ask you a question. You have a project at work, you need to do that. There is a big deadline. How many of you remember to pray before you start? How many of you, before you started your product, each of the products you launched to do business, look, be truthful to yourself. How many of you took the product and said, Father, please breathe upon this. Thank you for providing this. How many of you asked God and said, God, what product should I do? Involve God in your plans. What does the Bible say? Proverbs 16, verse 3. We'll read from two translations. Proverbs 16, 3, NLT says, Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will what? Succeed. What does the TPT say? It says, before you do anything, put your trust totally in God and not in yourself. Then everything you plan, every plan you make will succeed. I want to encourage you today. Maybe it has not been your habit before. You've been doing everything yourself. Begin to involve God. The Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your path. Why don't you acknowledge God about those things? What are the things he has put in your heart that you've started working on? Tell God about it. A lot of us, what we say is, God knows now. God knows. I don't need to pray. No. Acknowledge him. There are a lot of things that God knows that God is waiting for you to come and acknowledge him about. God knows everything. But guess what he does until you invite him, he doesn't come. If not, Jesus will not need to stand at the door of your heart and knock. He will just come in. But guess what? God doesn't work that way. You must invite him. And I pray that you begin to invite God into your affairs in the name of Jesus. Number two, listen to this clearly. Count the cost. It is not every door that opens to you that you need to enter. It is not every opportunity that comes to you that you need to take. Count the cost. Count the cost. The Bible says in the book of Luke 14, 28, NLT, it says, but don't begin until you count the cost. This is what Jesus speaking to the multitude that wanted to become his disciple. For who will begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? What Jesus was saying there here was, he was telling them that for you to follow me, you have to wait your father and your mother and your brothers. You have to leave everything behind and follow me. So count the cost. Be ready that you are ready to live the kind of life. Be sure that you are ready to live the kind of life I live before you follow me. So in the same vein, count the cost. That's part of the planning phase. It is not every opportunity. For some of us, we are so enslaved to money that we are willing to do anything for money. I hear people tell me their plans and instantly I can tell if this one counts the cost or not. I hear people tell me there are people that if opportunity comes to them, I tell you today that you know what, there's a deal in Switzerland. Opportunity, you make 500000 a year, you know, but you can only go alone. They will not think twice. They will leave their wife and their children. They say, darling, God has done it. You have to sacrifice. And they will go to, they can live in three years. Count, is it worth it? There's some things that, others that open that will take you away from God. Are you counting the cost? What kind of cost do you count? If an opportunity comes that takes you away from God every day of the week, like you can't even serve God, will you say it's a blessing that God understands? We don't have to be in church physically. We can always join online. That's where it starts. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, something so basic. It's basic. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. Some people will be like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Like, this is, let me, by the time I do it, I will give to God's kingdom. Please keep your money. We don't need money 
that has wrecked a family. No, we are not hungry. If all you think about is making money, this is not the place. It's not worth money. Money will come. It's a byproduct. You can't sacrifice your family for money. No, I don't mind. I'll work. So you go to work, you exhaust yourself, you come home and you're useless to your wife and your children. Useless animal. Sorry to say. Useless. There was the benefit. I'm sorry, but it's useless. You're still useless. If you go to work and everything, and there's no value from you to your children, then that's useless. Count the cost. What's the opportunity going to do for you? I, <laughs> there's this venture God gave me a few years back. You all, you all know it. There's something I used to bring in, but I understood the cost. And that cost is what, is what has held my hand from bringing it again. What's the cost? Not having time for my family. Always having to go to Toronto. And when I come back, I'm finished. I'm tired because the work is, is a lot of labor. But it's very profitable. They come down and say, oh, Mr. Ogo, we want you. Let's do more. Let's do more. I'm like, yes, I know I'll make money, but hold on. I'm not ready. I'm not. Until I find a structure where I don't need to be involved. I can't sacrifice my family again. Listen, your children, for those of you that are children, children will not be young forever. Every day you waste in investing in their lives is wasted. You can't get the days back. I've seen a lot of people chase success and trade their family while chasing success. I always tell my wife, take everything from me, give me my wife and my children, we will rise again. Take everything that I have now, but just leave me with them. Let's start in a small, I don't even know, in a, in a, in a studio apartment in one horrible place in London, no problem. We'll start and we'll build it up. So I won't trade. Coming to Canada with my family, by the grace of God, was part of counting the cost. Count the cost. May God give you the grace. This thing you want to do, how does your spouse feel about it? Will you break your family up? This opportunity that you are going to have, is it going to cause you to not be able to function in the home? Count the cost. Those are things that will make you go back to God and say, God, is this what you are really saying? Guess what? God is not an author of confusion. And you will not be confused in the name of Jesus. Let's quickly move on. Number three, seek counsel. Seek counsel. Seek counsel. You need to talk to people. See what the Bible says in Proverbs 15, 22. It says your plans will fall apart right in front of you if you fail to get good advice. But if you seek, first seek out multiple cost counselors, you will watch your plans succeed. Do you know the problem with a lot of us? It is where we come from. I know there are people that are joining us that are not from Africa. So, trust me, God has blessed. God, I don't even want to say God. You are okay. You are sorted in that area. Where we come from has conditioned us to be secretive. So, I see people taking very silly steps because they didn't seek counsel. They fell into traps. You need to seek counsel. Not even counsel from anybody. From the right people. From the wise What's that thing God has told you to do? There must be somebody that has done it successfully. Except you are reinventing the wheel. If you are reinventing the wheel, then there is someone that has done something similar. Read a book. Ask a question. Seek counsel. Don't do stronger than enter. When I used to be in HR, when I used to be in HR, guess what used to happen to people? What, one thing that used to shock me was resumes of people. Ah, uh, there are some resumes you see. You don't, even you don't even look at the other things. 
once just to glance at the resume, the thing is, is confusion on personified. They will send you resume, the name is so you can't even find the person's name. Seek yourself. You carry stupid resume up and now you won't get job. You will not be blaming, you'll not be saying, God, when is my turn? No! Seek counsel. You look at your resume. Make some, you know, ask someone that maybe knows about resumes. Sorry, can you see my resume? I had a colleague in, in, in the course I did in, in, um, in trials. Lady will come. I say, oh, please, it seems you are, you are, you are an HR person from uh, conversations in class. It seems you know HR. Can you please help me take a look at my resume? I'm like, oh, okay. And she brought it. A lot of typos. We corrected it and everything was solid. You understand what I'm saying? And I was really encouraged. I'm like, this lady, like, we are, it's not like we are so close. But she just identified that this guy may know this thing and she brought it to me. Did I charge her a carbon, a dime? No. Seek counsel. Some people, they, they don't seek counsel to the point that when you look at their resume, you're like, what? Did you don't even have a family? Don't you have anybody to help you with this thing? Some people, even, they are, the worst cases are even the ones that are not lying on their resume. I'm like, even in conjoining your lie, you didn't seek counsel. You didn't even look for someone to lie for you well. Remember, it, because by the grace of God, God gave me a gift. When I'm interviewing someone, you know, the Spirit of God has been helping me from time. I'm able to tell if the person is lying or not. Beyond that gift, by looking at the resume, I analyze the resume so fast that I will tell your fraud instantly once I look at your resume. How do I tell your, your fraud? I'll look at the age of the person. I'm giving you a trick. Don't go and be lying on your resume. I'll look at the age of the person and look at when the person entered primary school. So this guy came. You know, a lot of that people don't forget to edit those things. They'll just change their age. So this guy came to a bank where I was working. He sat in front of me, and I looked at his CV. <laughs> I said, I first looked at the guy. The guy's face looked strong. I said, sir, are you sure this is your age? He said, sir, age is nothing but a number. That my face, don't look at my face. My, I am 26, sir. This guy looked 45. So I now looked at his resume, and I found that he entered primary school at the age of two. Grade one at the age of two. So I said, sir, based on your resume, you enter primary school at the age of two. The guy says, sir, I was very brilliant. <laughs> he says, I was a very brilliant chap. I said, you entered primary school at the age of two. Like, we, my, my colleague was already angry, already stood up. Like, I was just intrigued that. <laughs> I was able to support in the lie. By the time we went back and forth, back, so you enter secondary school at the age of, was he six or seven? He says, sir, I was smart. Then later, the guy has said, sir, this job means a lot to me. Everything I may have done, you need to please forgive me, sir. <laughs> Seek counsel. See, there are a lot of mistakes we make by keeping quiet. There are a lot of people that go through battles you don't need to have gone through. Just ask questions, you'll have been delivered. And that's why you have a community. Don't be... <laughs> oh, God. You know, because of where we... I don't know what are we afraid of, like... Let me tell you the truth of the matter. You know me a little. I'm not one. I don't. That's not my lifestyle. Like, all this, oh, if you tell someone something, can God, God, which, which devil, which demon, it's not possible. I trust in the power of Jesus. So I'm not afraid that if I come and seek counsel, the person will go and do one, raise another against me, and it will not work. No, that's not me. Of course, if I don't need to seek counsel, no, no. If God tells me don't seek counsel, no, no. But if I need to seek counsel, I seek it. If there's something I want to do that is so big that I don't know how to go about it, I'll call someone that may know. I'll say, sorry, how do I do this? And every time I've done that, God has helped me seek counsel. In the abundance of counsel, there is safety. 
For what is delayed for some people is, is they don't know what to do next. Just ask somebody. Buying my first house in Canada was out of seeking counsel. Ask someone that, my bro, that I don't know that. I know houses are really growing up. How do I get a house in Canada? Some people say, I don't want my friend to know that I'm even looking for a house. Why not? That person was the person that says, take this number, call this number. Oh, God, you can have a house and you will have a house this year. God bless his soul and his wife's soul. And with that confidence of what I heard from them, I called the person. And before you know it, we were looking at her. Before you know it, in three months, we were in our house. If, trust, I'm not joking. If I did not seek counsel at that time. <laughs> I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Now, next, two more to go. The fourth one, understand that it is God that determines the steps. A lot of times the struggle with us is we've planned our steps and you want to take it by your own power. You don't want to do what God says you should do. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 verse 9, it says within your heart you can make your plans for the future, but the Lord chooses the steps you take to get there. Within your heart, you can make the plans for the future, but the Lord chooses your steps to get there. So I want to encourage you guys, when you are making plans for your life, be very careful. Especially when you are saying it out. Involve God. That's why you hear our parents. You know our parents say, oh, by the grace of God. Do you know where that comes from? A lot of us have thrown that by the grace of God away. You say they are religious. You don't know what it means. Or they say God willing. You don't know the meaning of that. It's experience. I'm telling you that just involve God in your plans. I've seen people make plans for their life. And when they're making them, sit down. Wow. Okay, so um, I moved to Canada. Wait four years, wait four years before we have our second child. Wait four years. Then you will get a job in IT. Then I'll get a job in this. Then I'll do it for three years. But in two years, we'll have bought our house. So by that third year, we'll have bought our second house. And then in six years, we'll do this. And God is looking at you and is folding his hand. Nice, nice drama. <laughs> then you come to Canada, you send your resume. And it seems that your resume is entering ghost town. It's entering ghost town. Nothing is happening. You're not hearing response. And you now begin to shrink the plan. Darling, I know I said, I remember when I said for my wife, I come to Canada. I even remember the car I promised I'll buy for her. Lexus NX. I remember. You know NX. It just came out then. I said, Darling, what car will you use in Canada? <laughs> I said, oh, I like, see, you two, what used to be wrong with you? <laughs> said, oh, Lexus NX. <laughs> Oh, glory be to Jesus. God is the one that knows the steps. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking, really. I don't feel the money at the time you come, I will rent house here. We'll do this. Hmm. Then, darling, I waited two months. In one month, we can buy one. <laughs> Am I saying it's not doable? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying involve God in your plans and understand that even when you make those plans, God. God is the one that will still direct your steps. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Before we go to the final one, the Bible says, give God the right to direct your life. Now, listen, you guys, hear this scripture. Go and paste it on your wall. It will, help, it will, it will do something for you. Trust me, this translation is TPT. Psalms 37 verse 5. It says, give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, you will find out he pulled it off perfectly. Can you see that? As you trust him along the way, you will find out he pulled it off perfectly. How time most people, when they ask me, Pastor, what are you thinking in the next five years? I may not be able to fully articulate it because I've seen God at work. I've seen myself give myself five-year goals and God does it in six months. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? So most times I don't give you a broad idea, but I've learned to follow God like, like a, yes, like a mumu. Like as he says, I do. Oh, take this step, do. Give to this, give. Buy this, buy. Invest in this, invest. No questions. Guess what I found out? He has pulled it off perfectly. If you want to look at a life, I wish I could show you my life, my book, open my life to you to see. God pulled it off perfectly. The Bible says when God turned around the captivity of Zion, we're like them that dream. God will pull it off for you perfectly. In the name of Jesus, stop relying on your power. You are not powerful to do all these things yourself. See, a lot of us worry, oh, what will all tomorrow be? What will it be like? The world is changing. There are no more jobs. That is not your portion. He says, give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him, you know what trust means? Whatever you say I, I should do, I will do. I trust that you know what you are doing, God. As you trust him along the way, you will find out he pulled it off perfectly. This is not talking about sometimes. This is all the time. Some people hear this scripture and say, oh, it's not for everybody. What do you choose to believe? It's for every believer that believes it. Why do we come up with theories that isolates particular people from different things? Be it unto you according to your faith. I was discussing with some people recently. I said the centurion met Jesus and told him that he doesn't need to go with him. To heal his servant. Jesus spoke from there. Some brothers in almost the same situation, they, guess what they did? They opened the roof to bring the person into where Jesus was. My question was, could they not have just gone to Jesus and say, I said, our brother is outside. He's not even far away. He's outside there. Speak the word and he will be healed. But let me ask you a question. In those two cases, did Jesus heal or not? Be it unto you according to your faith. So Jesus is saying, give me the right to direct your life. God is saying, give me the right to direct your life. As you trust me along the way, you will find out I pulled it off perfectly. Can you give him that right? God will help us in the name of Jesus. In conclusion, some of you may ask, you say, Pastor, why are my plans not working? I have committed it to the house of God. I have sought counsel. I have done everything. I have put it into God's hands. You know, I have done everything that the scripture is saying we should do. Why are my plans not working? That's where the caveat is. There's something called the counsel of the Lord and God's purpose. Proverbs 19.21 says, Under, so, so it says, we humans keep brainstorming, brainstorming options and plans. But what happens? We humans keep brainstorming options and plans. But what? God's purpose prevails. At the end of the day, God has a purpose for your life. No matter how far you run, his purpose will prevail in the name of Jesus. So guess what? For a lot of us, the challenge is we do not even know what God's purpose is for our lives. You know, I remember when I was putting up this note, I said, Holy Spirit, how? What do we do? Like, we don't want to be running in the wrong direction. We don't want not to know what God wants us to be. Imagine you know what God wants you to be. Do you know how awesome that would be? That means every step you take is in the direction God wants you to know to go. That would be awesome. That would be, so I went to the Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, what do we do? And it is the scripture. I mean, awesome scripture to help somebody. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 11. When I read it to you, I'll tell you my conversation with the Holy Spirit. There we close. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 11. 
It says, but it was to us that God revealed this thing by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Now, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's spirit, own spirit. And no one can know God's own thoughts except God's spirit. You know what the Holy Spirit told me? He says, I can search out your purpose and reveal it to you. I can search out God's purpose for you. How many of us have ever gone to the Holy Spirit and said, Holy Spirit, please search the Father's heart and let me know what I am to do. Let me know why I was made. So whoever is here today and you are saying, Pastor, I've always made my plans. It seems nothing is working. Is it the, in line with God's purpose for your life? Is, it what, is that the direction God wants you to go? I think you may need to just go back to God and say, God, what indeed is your purpose for my life? Let's all bow down our heads today and begin to talk to God. And say, Spirit of God, help me. Help me. Search out the, my purpose from the Father. Let me have an understanding of my purpose. Help me to fetch that purpose. Let me have a clear picture of why I was made, of what I am meant to do. I have been at crossroads. I don't know what next. Am I even in the right direction? I need your help. I can't do it by my power. The Holy Spirit is the greatest companion. He's the one that is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of a man is the man. The Holy Spirit is the one that knows the heart of God. He's the Spirit of God. So he knows what you should do. There are times the Spirit of God will nudge you, will push you in a direction. It's because he knows where you should go. Apart from that, I want you to pray that the Spirit of God, that anytime the Spirit of God speaks to you, you will hear clearly and you will obey in the name of Jesus. Lord, we cannot run this race on our own. We need the help of your Spirit. Spirit of God, we ask that you will help us. Make a way for us. Thank you, everlasting Father. Glory, honor, and majesty we give unto your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Perhaps you are here today and you've never given your life to Christ. You don't even know where to start from. There is a major purpose why you were created. And it is to be redeemed by God. It's to be a child of God and to spread the gospel to the world. It's to touch life and shine the light of God to life. That is the purpose of everyone. That is that overall purpose of every man. Now, I don't know who you are and you are saying, you know what, I don't even know this God. Where do I even start to search out God's plan and purpose for me? Where do I even start to understand planning and execution? You can't plan and execute without the word of God living in you. You can't plan and execute without being a child of God. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us to adequately plan and execute. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps us to know what God thinks, what God wants us to be, and what God wants us to do. So I want to give you the opportunity quickly this afternoon. If you are here online, joining online, and you are like, you know what, I want to come back to God, or I want to give my life to God afresh, this is an opportunity for you. Wherever you may be, I just want you to raise your hand to God and don't begin to say, Father, I come unto you. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Today, I accept Jesus as my Lord and my personal Savior. I forsake my old life. I embrace the new life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I confess all my sins to you, Lord Jesus. I ask, Lord, that you will accept me. From today, I become a new creation. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Lord, I pray for your children, wherever they may be, that you lay your hands upon them. Your word says that whosoever comes unto you, Lord, that you shall in no wise cast away. Lord, I pray that you receive your children in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, for everyone that is joining us online and everyone present here, Lord, I pray that you release the grace to plan and execute upon them. That that balance will be struck, even right now in the name of Jesus. No more will they be all talk and no action. No more will they be taking action without planning. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you will let your spirit have free flow in their lives. That your spirit will influence and help them. Thank you, everlasting Father. Honor and adoration we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that from today we'll begin to take actions. And the God of heaven will back up our actions. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.